everyone, and welcome to a special coronavirus edition of Double FM Sports. I'm Todd File. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Drake. And we are coming to you straight from our own houses because, you know, coronavirus and no one is allowed outside. <laughs> well, yeah, so... We don't got much to talk about. Yeah, we, we've only really got a couple things we want to talk about to you guys. Um, we're going to kick it off with the coronavirus and how it affects the uh, sports world. So to you guys, I guess my my question is, um, what do you think has had the biggest impact? Like what sport do you think is taking the biggest hit from this event? I mean, the way I see it is that I mean, obviously, NBA is one of the more high-profile leagues to have shut down. Um, They're one of the first to shut down. And, I mean, honestly, this was shaping up to be a great season. So, I don't know. I see it as um, kind of a big hit when you don't have NBA basketball. Um, I don't know. That's the way I see it. March Madness, sure, was also a hit. I think I got to go with college basketball just mostly for the reason that like March Madness is a huge tournament, but it's also one of the biggest like revenue places for the NCAA and not having that with all the you know TV views and the tickets being sold. That's a lot of money that the NCAA is losing out on. Yeah, I think my thing was, especially with college basketball this year, this is shaping up to be one of the most exciting March Madnesses we've ever had. So I think not having that's not having that's going to be a uh, huge blow because obviously this has like been like one of the first years well this was the years where we had the most number 1 teams in a regular season so we honestly didn't know who was going to win so it would have been really interesting to see how March Madness would have played out for uh everyone. Well, and I mean they've definitely released um prediction brackets and that kind of thing which they're fascinating to look at but at the same time it doesn't satisfy in the same way that watching an actual game would be um yeah. so that's kind of a bummer but Um, so, so do we want to still talk about the coronavirus or we, do we want to move on? Do we want to talk about like the implications into the future? Like how long we think this could, you know, be going for and what that has for the seasons that haven't technically ruled out being canceled. Like the NBA. Yeah. Talking about having the playoffs in like July, August. And you know, that's not something that's ever been done before. Do you guys think that's actually going to happen? Is that like a legitimate um i mean either i my two things are they're either going to they're either not going to do it or they're going to do it but they're going to have like a minimum amount of playoff teams that actually make it because i think you need at least a little time to give the players a break especially then they have to go into an 82 most likely have to go into an 82 game season the next year so I really I don't know if, know if it's fair for 
a full-scale playoff to happen in, like, July or August, I, I would think maybe more along the lines of maybe, like, a smaller scale, maybe, like, only four teams from each conference or something. Or they just yeah, don't, the, or, or they just don't do it this year, and then we just have an undeclared champion. So either or, I don't think they can do a full thing. Yeah, I mean the way I see it is, I mean you mentioned it. You have to you you look out for the players, but um, so if that's going to be hard on them, if you are talking like a July August, you know you've got. Two, maybe three months till the the new league year starts. And, well, not the new league year, but um, games start in October. And, I don't know, that could be a hard transition. But at the same time, they are getting a break now. I mean, they haven't been playing that is true. like, two weeks. Um, and if they do start playing in, like, June or late May, you've, you've got basically a little bit shorter summer league in the spring, except no one's been playing. Yeah, that is true. I mean, obviously, they're probably not going to have a summer league if they do play playoffs and stuff. Right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I think it, it, this honestly depends on how long the coronavirus spread happens because, to be honest, no one really knows how long this is going to go on for. Like, I mean, we, we talked about how I think it was said that President Trump said life not be, might not become normal until August. And if that's the case, then there's really no point of having, like, a playoffs. But then again, then again, we don't know how long this is going to last for because this could last for another two weeks and be done for all we know. Yeah. So I just think it's it's like, what ifs, I guess, you know? Yeah, exactly. What if that? You can't really tell because we don't know anything. Right. I think that's the scary part, too, because this could go on for another, like, four or five months at the same time. So we just don't know. Right. Well, yeah, we've talked about how the coronavirus has, like, affected pretty much every sports league that's happening right now including, like, high school sports, college sports, professional sports. Like, there's no sports pretty much going on right now. Right. Kind of drives me insane, not going to lie. Yeah, exactly. Especially this time around March Madness. This, this March Madness is usually how I get through this time of the year. So, without it, it's, it's been it's been a rough life. I literally have my unfilled bracket sitting right in front of me right now with all those spots open for where the teams would have been in the round of 64. You know, knowing that I can't fill it out this year, that brings a tear to my eye. Well, at least you got your Cassius Winston poster. It's a picture. Picture, not poster. Not going to lie, that is actually kind of depressing, just having a blank bracket. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why you have it in front, because that well, just make it, that makes it worse. I printed it out like a couple weeks like a week and a half ago and I sat down here and I was going to come watch Selection Sunday in what would it have been was it last Sunday or would it be yeah last no this Sunday um no last Sunday Sunday. last Sunday that would have been last Sunday yeah I printed out like midway through last week 
And I tried to sit down here. I was going to come watch Selection Sunday, you know, big event. And I was going to fill it out as we go, you know, put all the teams down. And it's just been sitting there blank ever since. No, that is that is depressing. That's, like, sad. That's <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, but it's sad, too. Yeah, it hurts. I I think it hurts everyone, cause yeah, I would agree. This is one of, this is like most people's like favorite time of the year when March Madness hits because March Madness is like one of the greatest things to ever happen in sports, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like it's so universal almost. Like you don't even have to be a college fan. I feel like people are watching March Madness just because how big it is. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Dude, we want to talk about like the implications into. I know we usually don't talk about this, like high school sports. I mean, I know that the NCAA has already canceled all spring sports championships, but they're granting for spring athletes a half year of eligibility. You can't do that in high school here. You know, you move on. Yeah, exactly. Spring athletes are going to be they're going to be missing their season. Yeah. I mean, I personally am a track athlete. And although I wasn't going to be competing this year because of my surgery, the amount of seniors on our team that are probably never going to get to run on the track again and didn't know it, that, I mean, that's got to hurt even more than just saying, oh, I'm a fan of March Madness and it's canceled. Yeah, and I also feel bad for our um, girls' basketball team, too, because yeah. this was the first time we've actually, like, we, we this is, like, the deepest we've ever gone into, like, a state tournament, and... For it to just be canceled due to this uh, pandemic, I mean, it's just it's very upsetting, especially for the seniors on that team. So it yeah, it's just it's just all around really sad for uh, high school sports, especially for seniors. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, no arguments here. I mean, I feel like I don't know when when it's that close to home, like. You can be like, oh, man, there's no March Madness. But, like, I mean, we keep talking about the seniors. But, like, when that's your season, your senior season, like, this is going to be the height of everything that you do in high school. And that's just gone. I mean, I don't think any of us can comprehend exactly just what that takes from a person. Well, yes. None of us are in that position. Yeah, especially if you're, like, a borderline college athlete, this year could have been your year to make that jump. Yeah, I don't get that recruiting. Yeah, exactly. They suspended visits to I think mid-April or May or something like that. So, I mean, these guys that are seniors who need to visit those colleges, they can't do that. Yeah, you know, it might hinder their athletic career for the next four years because they didn't get to go visit the college that they wanted to. Yeah, exactly. But, it's just an all, it's an all around just bad thing. I mean. I mean, although it is the right thing to do, in my opinion, because we don't want to really, like, spread this to everyone, I, I, I it's still just, it's, it's upsetting. Yeah, I mean, I would, I think that, you know, I agree with the whole, like, the whole ban on sports. I mean, I, I just think that it's a little bit, I, I've supported a lot of the, you know, precautions we've had, but I think just the premature canceling of all sports is a little much like like I said I'm a track athlete and for the first time in 125 years the like the Penn Relays which is one of the most notable track races ever 
is canceled. It's been through World War One and World War Two. Yeah. Like, and it's like in April. Like, this could just die over in like three weeks, and now that's canceled. And these athletes from not just around the country, around the world that come to it, aren't going to get the chance to go to that. Yeah. I just think it's a little bit premature to cancel everything. Yeah, I, I understand actually. It. I understand acting prematurely, but at the same time, I think that was a little too premature. Because, like, if this thing dies in April, then everyone's going to be, before the pen relays, for example, and everyone's just sitting around, they're going to be like, why aren't we having the pen relays? Like, this doesn't make any sense. I think they should have waited closer to time to see if it was getting worse or not, and then make a decision, but. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it really comes down to nobody knows, you know? Exactly. That's the scary part about everything that's going on right now. And I mean, kind of speaking of nobody knows, we have no clue what could have happened um, in really any of the sports seasons that got cut short. So I'm going to pose this question. We're going to see where this goes. NBA. Yeah. I mean, we saw that the Bucks were the... Um, as of the the postponement, were uh, the league leaders as mm-hmm. far as games won. Yeah. How do you think NBA playoffs would have shaped up this year? I gotta be honest. I think the last couple of games before the postponement started to show that the Bucks they were starting to wear down. I mean, I think they lost a few of their last like ten games, and they were. Just, I mean. They weren't starting to slide by any means. They still were the league leaders, but they were starting to, you know, drop games to some of the teams that they might see in the playoffs. So I think that personally, it would have been someone from the West or, I mean, I guess I could still see the Bucks going, but they would have to, I think they would have to step up their game back to maybe where they were around midseason if they really wanted to beat one of the two LA teams, I think. You gotta be looking at either the Lakers or the Clippers to be what would have been, and possibly in the summer, what might be the playoff winner. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of think it was. Um, it, I thought the Lakers were gonna win it. Would have won it in all honesty, based on how good they were playing. Um, yeah, and I agree with you. I think I, the Bucks were very good at the start of the middle of the season, but uh, like you said, in the last couple of games, they started to show a little signs of weakness. So if it would have I, I would have still said they might have made the finals, but I think it would have been Bucks Lakers, and I think the Lakers would have won, in my opinion. I mean, even if it were Bucks Lakers, I mean that would be a good finals game. Um, oh, yeah, it'd still be good. I, I think the Lakers would, would have won, though. Yeah, honestly, I feel like not that there aren't good guys on the Bucks that aren't named Giannis. I mean, you've got, like, Chris Middleton and those guys who are more of role players than an outright star. But, I don't know, I feel like that Lakers lineup, I feel like LeBron and Anthony Davis together can do a whole lot more than Giannis could on his own. Um, And I think what's good about the Lakers team this year, what was good about them was their supporting cast, what they had. Right. Because they had... Ethan, you can go. All right. So they had, like, a lot of really um, good role players, like, I don't know. Um, like, like JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo, Alex Caruso. Um, 
they just had a lot of good role players. And don't get me wrong, the Bucks did too, but I, I just thought the Lakers supporting cast was much better than the Bucks supporting cast this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they had a pretty good mix of young guys that were up and coming that know what they're doing and a bunch of veterans that are, you know, really good. I think they just, all of that kind of meshed for the Lakers to make, you know, what would have been, again, in my opinion, the NBA champions of 2020. Yeah. Um, And I mean, if that team stays together next year, I could see them winning next year. But then again, with free agency and, money value i don't know if i see that team sticking together necessarily yeah i think someone's got to go i mean a salary cap's always a big deal i mean just where you're gonna get paid is a big deal i mean and i believe and i believe Giannis is a free agent this year it's either this year or next i can't remember which that's gonna that's gonna be pretty big yeah, but he's, he has the option to sign an extension. I think if it's not this year, then it's during next season he can sign an extension. So it just really depends on what he decides to do with his career. I have heard, though, that there are rumors that he could go to the... Shoot, who is it? Mavericks? It might have been, actually. I've heard rumors about the yeah. Mavericks, but... I, I think that might have been who it was. I think it was the Mavericks, and then you moved Kristaps to the center. And then you got Luka, Giannis, and Kristaps. That's that's scary, though. That, yeah. I don't I want... Mean, you could, you've got a lot of, you know, all-star NBA big men there. You just... There's not a whole lot you can do, especially on defense, against a unit like that. Not to mention, that'd be the definition of foreign basketball players. I mean, you got three guys that are from overseas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just need a good point guard to, or a decent point guard to chuck in there, feeding them the ball, and then you're golden there. You know, Jalen Brunson can do that. It's not bad. Or I'm saying, like, a Derrick Rose, maybe. Eric Rose might be done after this year. I don't know. Oh, that is true. All right. Is that all we got for everything? I think so. Time to move on to the big one. Yeah. Yeah. And the big one being um, NFL free agency. I mean, NFL... Um, Roger Goodell is contemplated because of coronavirus um, pushing back the draft. Um, but as far as I know, the draft is still going to be in April. Mm-hmm. Um, and this season still seems to be on schedule. So free agency is on schedule. And I don't know. We've got some pretty big uh, movement going on here. Well, Do you want to start with the big trade? Which one? I was going to say, which one? The biggest one there's been in a while. The Darius Slay one? Ethan, the one with the best receiver. Oh, I think you should talk about that because you're a Cardinals fan. Well. I want to hear your take on it. Like you said, as as a Cardinals fan, you know, I really like this trade. 
with all due respect to David Johnson, I love the season he had for the Cardinals about probably three years now. But he's just, you know, a little injury prone as seen last. <laughs> and so, you know, giving him up for like arguably the best receiver in football, DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's, he almost, if not, did catch every ball that he was targeted on that did not get broken up. Every, I'm pretty sure there's a stat that every single one of his hands he caught up until it might have been the last week of the season or the playoffs. No, they didn't make the playoffs. Yes, they did. Did they make the playoffs? They did? Okay. But, I mean, you put that with Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins, you got them. I mean, Kyler Murray would have to purposely try to do bad to, like, have a bad passing game. I mean, those are two of the most reliable guys in the game right now. Well, yeah, and I was I was going to say, this is kind of looking like how the Browns did. The only difference is I think Kyler Murray could actually have a good season, unlike Baker Mayfield. Because I thought a lot of people, well, obviously, I'm a big, I, I think Baker Mayfield's overrated. I don't think Kyler Murray's overrated. I think Kyler Murray's good, and I think he's, like, the perfect guy to lead that Cardinals offense. And I think um, if they're all healthy and if they're all in, like, top form, I think they could make a serious run next year. I mean, they definitely could, but part of it also, um, I mean, no matter how your offense is doing, you have to have a defense to back it up. And I mean, sure, the defensive line, um, the defensive line will be good. I mean, you've got um, Chandler Jones, and uh, they just got Jordan Phillips from the Bills. Um, And I mean, in the secondary, you've got Buda Baker who, uh, I mean, last season from what I saw proved that he could be a lockdown corner. Um, But at the same time, I feel like they don't have a whole lot in that linebacking core. Um, I mean, they just got Devin Kennard from the Lions, um, so he'll be able to fill in that gap a little bit. But I don't know. I feel like there's still holes um, in the defense, and they most certainly have to get their offensive line figured out. Now, Jerry, I was going to ask you this. What do you think about um, Kenyon Drake getting the uh, transition tag for the Cardinals? Yeah, I'll be honest, I have no clue what a transition tag is. Yeah, I don't know what it means either, <laughs> but I know Kenyon Drake's coming back to the Cardinals. Do you like Kenyon Drake as your team's running back? I think that, I mean, I guess we really haven't seen enough of him in a Cardinals uniform to really prove what he's going to be. But, I mean, the few games that he did play, I'm pretty sure he did have a 200-yard, four-touchdown game late in the season last year or something close to that. So, I mean, if he's going to do that for us week in and week out, I mean, I'll take Kenyon Drake any day. Now, would you rather Kenyon Drake or David Johnson? Well, I mean... If David Johnson was still on the Cardinals, who would you want as a starting running back? I mean, I, I don't know what David Johnson's really capable of now. I mean, obviously, he had that good season three years ago, like I said, but he's been hurt the last years since that, and I don't know what his skill level is at that point, at this point. So, like I said, I mean, Kenyon Drake's proved himself in that one game I just mentioned. I think I'd take Kenyon Drake right now. Yeah. 
I mean, he's obviously an Alabama player, so I, I like that very much. Stop. No. <laughs> We're not going there. Um, well, and I mean, Kenyon Drake, um, he's obvious. I mean, he's a, a younger guy. Um, he's got what seems like many years left in, uh, in the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seems to really fit well into Cliff Kingsbury's uh, scheme. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, my impression of him has been that he's a lot more mobile um, than David Johnson has been. So, Well, and obviously the Cardinals just re-signed Larry Fitzgerald again. So, with Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins as your uh, two wide receivers, that's a, that's a pretty solid receiving core you got there. I mean, yeah, but you need a three guy, whether it be in the slot or just another guy that you can rotate in. You can't just live off of two wideouts. Christian Kirk. Or, or, yeah, that's true. But we also have Iowa State's Akeem Butler, who was injured all last season. Oh, that is true, yeah. Akeem Butler proved proved a pretty good college career back in Iowa State. So, I mean, again, I'm not saying it's guaranteed like Kenny and Drake, but, you know, he could be that three guy. Yeah, do you – well, I th- I think to start off the season, they're going to have Christian Kirk as a three guy just because they don't know really know what Hakeem Butler can do. But if I if I were to, if I were to predict, I'd say maybe by the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if they flipped roles and Hakeem Butler was more of the uh, three guy for them. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean – it would also serve as even if he wasn't a three guy, he could be a four guy, and then you're looking at you know a good top two, and then a guy, two guys who could you know do enough for you at the three and four. Wait, who's your guys' tight end? Well, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna bring that up because you really don't have a tight end. Um, I think who was it last year? Austin Safarian Jenkins. Yeah, it was him and Ricky Seals-Jones, and I'm pretty sure I saw Ricky Seals-Jones on this list of people that have been moved around, so I don't think he hasn't moved. Yeah, it's, he hasn't? No. Well, I would have remembered putting that in the in the spreadsheet. Yeah. It doesn't make that much of a difference, going to be honest. I mean, with all due respect to him, he's an NFL player, so he's good enough, but he's, you know, lower-end tight end. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, there there are better guys you could have at the tight end position. Um, I mean, you look at the Seahawks, and they have, like, four pretty good tight ends. I mean, they just um, – they got Greg Olson from the Panthers. Um, they re-signed um, – or actually, no, they gave a second-round tender to Jacob Hollister, who was um, doing a lot of fill-in work for them last year after Will Disley got hurt, who's he's proved himself. And then, I mean, you've got Luke Wilson, uh, the veteran tight end there, too. So, I don't know. You could potentially try and make a, a deal between the Cardinals and the Seahawks um, to try and get one of those guys down to Arizona. But, I don't know, it might be hard given that they're in division rivals yeah. yeah there's a lot of questions for the Cardinals season as a Cardinals fan well well I think what's gonna Kyler Murray's gonna have to have a very good year this year if they 
can have success. If they, in order to have success for them, they, Tyler Murray needs to have a good year. And don't get me wrong, he played well last year, but I think he's got to step it up this year too. I would definitely agree with that. I think he's got to. Now he does have a little bit better wide receiving core. And, you know, he does have a guy who's not hurt all the time in the backfield. So I think he will at least, you know, step it up without even having to put in any work. And then if you put the top of the work that he's putting in on top of that, I think Kyle Murray could have a, you know, fairly good season, at least for the most part. Well, and I mean, he is just a second-year player. I mean, all we've seen of him is his rookie season. And I mean... Your rookie season isn't going to be your best season. You're going to grow from that. You're just learning the ropes. So I think we'll definitely see more out of him this year. Well, especially for the yes. Cardinals was like a new coach and a new quarterback. I mean, honestly, I wasn't expecting much from him last year anyway. But I think this year there's a good chance that I think they could be a playoff team in the NFC. Or at least competing for a playoff yeah. spot. Yeah, and I mean, we, since you mentioned playoff spots, um, the collective bargaining agreement got approved by the players. Um, so now it looks like we're going to have um, seven playoff teams on each side. Um, so that should make it easier for the Cardinals to get in um, this next year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, looking at, uh, the spreadsheet, um, I'm seeing a lot of big moves in, um, the AFC West that really kind of intrigued me. The Raiders at this point scare me, especially on defense, which hasn't been necessarily a good area for them in the past couple of years. I, I would definitely agree with that i mean just seeing all the espn like trades and signings i mean they look pretty bolstered up on the defensive side of the ball compared to last year yeah well they signed guys like carl nassib malik collins Corey littleton nick kwiatowski like that's and i mean they've already got some decent guys out there so i mean that that defense pretty good and obviously they signed Marcus Mariota and Jason Witten too. So Yeah, that's a, now that leaves a question for the uh, Raiders franchise. You got a guy like Derek Carr out of Fresno State. He's been in the league for probably four years now. Maybe more. Yeah. And what do you do with him? Well, I mean that's gonna be uh, that'll be interesting. I think this year, I think they're going to go out starting Derek Carr and Mariota being a backup. But if Carr's not performing well, I, I don't. I think Gruden will have no hesitation in putting Mariota in. And if Mariota does well, then I mean, I don't know what happens to Derek Carr. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the way I see it, I don't see. I mean, Mariota has kind of been. I don't know, a, a bit of a draft bust. Um, he came out of Oregon as a Heisman winner and then went to the Titans and hasn't done a whole lot for them. 
Um, obviously, he sat bench for half the year while Ryan Tannehill posted um, the best passer rating uh, in the NFL during that spread. And so um, he goes. He now goes to the Raiders, and I really don't see him doing much. But at the same time, I don't think any of us really saw Ryan Tannehill doing much after he came from the Dolphins to the Titans. Um, and boy, did he prove us wrong. So I don't know. Anything can happen. Um, weirder things have happened. Um, so that'll just be one we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, there's another team out of Chicago, the Bears, that are in a pretty similar situation with two potential starting quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, and they just traded for What do you guys think about that situation? Well, I think they traded Nick Foles to maybe, um, push Mitch Trubisky, because I think... I personally think Trubisky's going to start next year for them, to, at the start of the season at least. And I think they're hoping Nick Foles is going to, like the presence of Nick Foles and that competitiveness is going to force Mitch Trubisky to play better. Uh, I think that's what they were going for in that trade. So I I would definitely say Mitch Trubisky's going to start the season. But again, it's going to be like the Raiders. I think um, uh, the coach will have no hesitation of putting Nick Foles in if Mitch Trubisky's not playing at the level they want him to be playing at. I mean, there's definitely a possibility for that. Um, but I think, honestly, I I see a lot of comparisons between Mitch Trubisky and Marcus Mariota, um, who we were just talking about. I just He's been one of those guys. I mean, you could throw Jameis Winston in there, too, like, He's one of those guys who got drafted, he's put into this league, and has just kind of middled about, hasn't done a whole lot, and in clutch moments hasn't really lived up to the hype. Um, So, I mean, I, I don't know where this goes, because honestly, I don't know if Nick Foles fits into a scheme that's not in Philadelphia. So, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's really a question of can Nick Foles find a way to work in this Bears offense, or can Mitch Trubisky step up his game and actually play like an NFL quarterback? And we're gonna find out that out hopefully this year whether. Nick Foles can actually play somewhere other than Philadelphia or if Philadelphia is just his magic magic place or whatever. I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. Um and I mean going back to um what we were saying about the AFC West Chargers, um I I liked the moves that they've made uh this offseason. I mean you're looking at, um, they just signed the former Vikings nose tackle, uh, Linval Joseph. They tagged Hunter Henry. They traded for Troy Turner um, from the Panthers. Um, they got Chris Harris, who was coming off a, a great year in Denver. Um, and they got Brian Balaga to also help um, bolster that O-line. And, I mean, not to mention um, 
tagging or not even tagging. They re-signed um, Austin Eckler. He's their clear RB one at this point. The the only hole I really see for the Chargers is who's going to be their quarterback. Well, and I think as of right now, they're rolling with Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor has actually played, you know, decently. I mean, he's not the starting quarterback that a lot of teams have, but Tyrod Taylor was, you know, once long ago a starting quarterback who, you know, did win a few games. <clears throat> well, I would, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see the um the Chargers draft someone. So, or, you know, this might switch into another topic, but Jameis Winston always oh. is an option. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I kind of like that, actually. I just think, I think in Jameis Winston's, he, he needs to work on not turning the ball over so much. Yes. I would agree with that, I think. But that decision-making comes with experience. And, yes, he has been in the league for a good amount of time now, but... He is still in his 20s. He still probably does. If he can get that decision-making down, have a good, you know, eight years left in his career, I mean, he could very easily, if he goes to the Chargers with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, two really good receivers, he could turn his career around. And next thing you know, you know the Buccaneers are calling back for him because they, you know, regret signing Tom Brady and letting a young guy go. All right, and that's probably going to be our next topic. So Tom Brady is, I believe, going to the Bucks. He's, he's getting, he has pending uh, physical. What do you guys think about that move for Tom Brady? Um, it's a big one, obviously. I mean, Tom Brady, arguably the greatest of all time, in my opinion, is the greatest of all time. I mean, he does have a decent offense down there now. I mean... With all due respect to the Patriots this year, their offense wasn't really doing much with all the injuries. Now he's got, you know, disposable receivers like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and he's got a decent tight end in O.J. Howard. And I can't remember exactly who the running back is off the top of my head, obviously. Either Ronald Jones or um, um, Peyton Barber. All right, so, you know, he's got two decent running backs there. Obviously not the depth of James White, Sonny Michelle, and Rex Burkhead of the Patriots. But I think that, you know, I'm not saying Tom Brady's going to have a little spark in his career compared to last year, but Tom Brady could have at least a little bit better stat-wise with the receivers who both actually posted, I'm pretty sure, top-five yardage on the season last year. So, I mean, I think it's a good trade or a good place for Tom, you know, to end his career. Not to mention the nice, sunny Tampa Bay. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I think, and obviously he's like, I think this is like he's, I don't know, it's like he was, since he was in New England for like 20 years, I think he's like, the, it's weird because like, it was like he, he has a record now that he was like, the player to stay with the team the longest, then move somewhere or something like that. Because he was with New England for 20 years. And honestly, like, a couple years ago, I didn't see him leaving New England. Yeah, I don't think anybody really did. I mean, that was kind of his home. That was his place. Yeah. But, I mean, he's expected to make roughly $30 million a year, so... 
I mean, yeah. but obviously he need and he needs the money really badly too. So, yeah, in these hard times. Yeah. Not to yeah. mention his wife makes like I think more than him too. So. <laughs> now that kind of brings me to an interesting question. You know, Tom Brady's always had this one coach, legendary Bill Belichick. What do you think happens with Bill now that his you know his golden boy is gone? Well, I think it, I think he'll be the coach next year. I mean, if they don't do well next year, I don't know. Because yeah. let's, let's face it, the, next year might be the first year that like the Patriots might not make the playoffs, and that would be pretty huge. I mean, yeah, when was the last time the Patriots didn't make the playoffs? I mean. Well, when was the last time the Patriots didn't make the conference finals, let alone the playoffs? I think it was last year. Besides this past year. Oh. Um I think it was oh eight because Brady was injured like the whole year. Yeah, I mean that that's a long time to not make you know, so I mean I guess we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Patriots do this year. Well, and I mean, when we're talking about Bill Belichick, he's one of those guys who has a habit of taking no-name players and making them into somebody. So, I mean... I.e. Tom Brady. Well, yes, Tom Brady. um, Julian Edelman was like a seventh rounder. Um, Chris Hogan. Yeah, Chris Hogan. Um, there's a ton of dudes on defense who were undrafted free agents um, on the offensive side of the ball, too. Um, so when you look at a QB roster that has Jared Stidham, and I don't even know who's behind him. Is but, he on where still? No. Cody Kessler. Um, that might be it. Yeah. Um, Brian Hoyer is with the Colts now, but... Um, oh. Yeah, that happened a while ago. Anyway, yeah, he, um, played, he played against the Steelers because uh, I don't know who their quarterback was, but will Brian Hoyer still be with the Colts after you know? Oh, the, the deal that went down. Philip Rivers to the uh, Colts. Um, I don't know. I mean, Brian Hoyer is at that age too that he might just retire. Yeah. But, I don't know. You've got Jacoby Brissett, who's a good backup, um, who sat second chair to um, Andrew Luck for the past five, six, seven years. Um, and then in comes Phillip Rivers. I don't know. We'll see. I, I think it depends on how Phillip Rivers is this year. Well, we we got to talk about the most interesting quarterback signing, though. And, and I think the most interesting one is uh, Nate Sudfeld, in my opinion. Ah, there you go. Yeah, big, big signing there. Yeah. How about Chase Daniel re-signing with the Bears? Oh, that's, that's another interesting... Or Chad Henney to the Chiefs. Mm, never saw that one come. <laughs> But I'm joking, by the way, if you can't tell the sarcasm from my voice, I don't think those are worth mentioning apart from jokes. But, um... 
Teddy Bridgewater. That yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's a that's a pretty big deal. Um, obviously, with Cam Newton requesting, or the Panthers allowing Cam Newton to request a trade. I don't know the parameters of that because Cam Newton obviously took to Instagram saying, "I don't." It's a it's a mess. But anyway, um, they I think the Panthers knew that Cam Newton probably wasn't going to be their starting quarterback, so they had to go out and get someone, and that someone was Teddy Bridgewater. I just don't. I, I mean, I guess it's a good move for the Panthers to get a guy who has proved himself in the same at the Saints, but at the same time, um, I kind of feel bad for Teddy Bridgewater because that team <laughs> is not not at the greatest right now. I mean, obviously they have Christian McCaffrey, who's a pretty pretty good. What do you mean they signed Seth guy. Roberts? No, no. Yeah, Seth Roberts. He's a legend. They got DJ Moore, who's a, he's probably 25 now. I don't know. He's pretty good. I mean, but they really don't have much on the offensive side of the ball besides Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm with you there, in all honesty. I think Teddy Bridgewater is thrown into a uh, tough position there, and I don't know if he'll be able to be able to dig the Panthers out of that hole, but we'll see. I mean, they obviously just got a new coach, too, so it's going to be... I don't know if this year's going to be the year for the Panthers, in my opinion, so... I mean... Um, I mean, another name you forgot to mention on the offensive side of the ball is you've got Curtis Samuel. Um, and, so, you, I mean, you've got a decent pair of receivers there um, between DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Um, but... I mean, like we said with the Cardinals, you can't do much when you just have a two-wide receiver lineup. You need someone who's got to play the three. You need a tight end. Um, the offensive line is eh, especially after losing Tri Turner. And yes, you get Russell Okung, but he's been injured a lot of um, at least the past season. So, I, I mean, there's that. The defensive side of the ball doesn't look great. After Luke Keekley. So, Retires. Do we want to talk about Austin Hooper to the Browns? Mm. Yeah, um, definitely a big wing. Um, I'm kind of surprised, honestly, that the Falcons made little to no effort to re-sign him. They just kind of let him go. Um, but I mean, I guess maybe they were saving money to make some own sign, like some own big signings. Um, I mean, you see Dante Fowler, um, is now going to the Falcons from the Rams. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I think again, the Browns team looks good on paper, but I don't know if they're going to be able to, um, perform like they should because obviously last year a lot of people were very high on the Browns I was one of the people who wasn't and I was right but I mean the Browns just have more talent so that means less of an excuse to not play well right because I got two solid tight ends in David Njoku and Austin Hooper right and they're keeping most of their players, too, from last year, on the offensive side especially. 
Oh, and I was just going to say, like I said before, I, I think Baker Mayfield's overrated, so I don't know if they're going to be able to do good next year. And I, I was questioning this last year, too, and I'm obviously going to question it again. All right, so a team that right now I personally believe is in a pretty similar situation to what the Browns were in two years ago, where they were just, you know, god-awful, and now they've... I mean, it's not as big as what the Browns went out and did with Jarvis Landry and Odell and all those guys. But I'm looking at the Dolphins and who they signed. I mean, they Kyle Van Noy, Jordan Howard, and Bogba, Shaq Rawson, and Eric Collins. I mean, all of those guys are, you know, top half of the league players at their given position. I mean, I'm not saying the Dolphins are going to go out and compete for a Super Bowl, but don't you think with you know, strengthening the team like that, they could at least be competitive, especially with Tom Brady now out of their division. Well, they need a quarterback. Uh, I'm not so sure, actually. Who's the, Who would be their quarterback? Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen. I, I, okay, Josh no, Rosen no Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen's still young. Um. Well, I, I think Tank Fertua is coming back. I mean, it could, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of other quarterbacks outside of Tua in this draft class that, you know, could at least, I think, maybe get the job done. Yeah, but tank for Tua. It's been a social media. Well. Am I wrong? Well, no, but. (laughs) <laughs> See, if, if Tua went to the Steelers, I'd be much more happier than if he went to the Dolphins. Well, we don't have our first-round pick, Ethan. Well, we could trade for a first-round pick. Who? Um, I don't want to give up any of our guys, so that's the problem. Exactly. Well, I mean, we could give up, like, Mason Rudolph. He <laughs> wants a first-round pick. Pick, buddy. <laughs> I think he's worth you know, the first round pick. People want Mason Rudolph. Huh? I was gonna say, you think people want Mason Rudolph? What about Duck? Ethan, those guys combined are not a first round pick. They're worth like a fifth round pick, if that. Together, they're. Yeah. No. Yeah. I. I don't know where Tua's gonna go. I. I personally think he's going to the Dolphins right now, but we'll see. All right, so I think uh, we might have forgotten about a decently big trade that just you know happened the last few days. Todd, this one might hurt you a little bit, but Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo <laughs> Bills. I mean, I knew you were going to talk about that as soon as you said it was going to hurt me as a Vikings fan, but... um. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not the most happy. I, I, I'm not a fan of this trade, and I, I don't. I'm not saying that as a Vikings fan. I'm just saying that as someone who's thinking this through, and I don't see it being necessarily beneficial to the Bills to trade for a top fifteen wide receiver and Stefan Diggs 
when your quarterback clearly cannot execute in order to get the ball to Diggs. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like we've been saying, the common kind of, the common team this past, you know, a few minutes have been young quarterbacks, and Josh Allen is still a young quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of development between all these young guys that could happen in the next few years that, you know, maybe might allow Josh Allen to become that guy who can get the ball to Stephon Diggs. Yeah. But, I mean, Stefan Diggs isn't the most patient guy, so well, if, yeah. he, if Josh Allen can't get it done, I'd say maybe even next year, Stefan Diggs isn't going to be happy, and he's going to let you know that he's not happy. Yeah. Well, I mean, example, like, when he was with the Vikings, he's, he was on a good team, but he still uh, wasn't happy because he wasn't getting the ball as much as he thought he should have gotten it. Right, and obviously that's because like obviously the guys like Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph taking snaps, which I mean they're they're good guys. So I don't, I don't, I I like them getting the ball. I don't think this is the Stefan Diggs show out there, like he thinks it is. Well, I mean it was somewhat justified because I mean the first half of the year you just had Kirk Cousins dumping it off to Dalvin Cook, and I don't think Kirk Cousins threw the ball more than twenty yards for. Maybe I think he did that maybe once or twice a game. So yeah, that's true. I don't know. I I think Diggs had a reason to be frustrated, especially when it's at that point it was really the Dalvin Cook show, who's not only doing the the rushing, but he's also taking snaps as a receiver essentially. So there, I think that was definitely justified frustration. Then, um. But I don't know. I, I see him kind of like Odell with a um, a potential to throw a hissy fit. So, well, I think the thing about Stephon Diggs is he's not a team player. I, I think he's a little more on the selfish side, because honestly, the the Dalvin Cook thing, like I mean, it was working for them. It but, was not working whatsoever. No, we were losing games because of that. Well, you made the playoffs, right? Right, after we started throwing the ball more and let Dalvin Cook run the ball instead of run it and catch it for five yards. Um, I don't know. I just think with the, the teams the Vikings had, I don't know if it was a great idea for Stefan Diggs to leave because I, I think the Vikings are going to have a good team next year. So I don't know. I'm not seeing it next year. I think... I mean, Jaguar, you mentioned this in the group chat. Um, it's looking like it's more of a rebuild year this year. And I don't know. I think there's a lot of validity to that. I mean, Everson Griffin is a free agent. Linval Joseph is with the Chargers now. Xavier Rhodes got cut. Um, Trey Waynes is with the Bengals now. I saw... About an hour ago, that Mackenzie Alexander is now with the Bengals. Um, so that's a lot of defensive cornerstones there that are gone. And that only leaves you with Daniil Hunter, um, Andrew Sendejo, um, Harrison Smith, and Mike Hughes, really, and, and Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr on defense. That's about it. Um, 
Well, so. some good news from you, Todd, is that a very good cornerback from the Lions will no longer be in your division. I mean, yeah, the Lions weren't doing much anyway. Yeah, weren't they like 13 or 3, 12 and 1 or something like that? Yeah, but I'm saying, like, you don't have to worry about Darius Slay anymore. I don't think that makes much of a difference because now the Lions don't have to worry about Stephon Diggs anymore. Yeah, that's facts. Well, I guess we can move on into the Darius Slay trade. That just happened like two hours ago. Yep. And he He's got, an eagle now. He got traded to the Eagles for a third and fifth round pick in 2020. He's set to become, uh, his contract's three years, $50 million, which is the highest paid for a cornerback. So, I mean, I guess he got what he wanted. He wanted out of Detroit, and I think, obviously, he's going to the Eagles, which actually helps the Eagles quite a bit, because obviously their secondary last year was not very good. You know, besides Malcolm Jenkins, who is no longer with the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, he, his nickname is Big Play, Big Play Slay. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think he lives up to it pretty good. I just think with the Lions, he wasn't on a team where he had very much help on the defensive side of the ball at all. So, I think from a personal standpoint of Darius Slay, it's a pretty good Pretty good trade on his part. Yeah, yeah, I think he, I, he won that deal, definitely. Yeah, I just, I mean, you said I mean, Eagles need help on defense, and I mean, they're getting it with Slay, um, but I mean, there are definitely other holes in that defense. Um, I mean, the D line. You've got Fletcher Cox. You have some other uh, key role players there. But, I don't know, linebackers you definitely need. Um, you you got to bolster up that secondary a little bit, at least at the corner position. Because, I mean, you've got Jalen Mills still there um, as a safety. But, I mean, like you mentioned, JR, you just lost Malcolm Jenkins to the Saints. So, I don't know, you, you they need to rework that defense in order for it to work and actually be able to win games. Well, for them. well I think what's going to help them is they did sign Javon Hargrave from the Steelers as a nose tackle. Javon Hargrave was like a third, like a second string nose tackle body. Yeah, he's making thirteen million a year though. That's overpaid. Well, he, yeah, but I mean that that should help at least at least. I don't think Javon Hargrave is that big of a. Uh, nose tackle deal, however, and I don't know if we're ready to switch topics or not. There is a pretty big nose, or well, I don't know if he's a nose tackle per se, but a defensive tackle in DeForest Buckner of the 49ers going to the Colts for their first round pick this year, which I'm pretty sure is three or maybe four. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure. I'm pretty sure Heath is not going to be too happy with that. Yeah, um, no, there's no way the Colts pick was a three or a four. No, 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 no. They were like a top ten. I thought it was 13. Yeah, I think Ethan's got it more. Hold on, let me look this up. I'm already on it. Um, now let's 
13 might make a little more sense for what I was about to say next. Yeah, it is number 13. Okay, I was going to say a lot more sense, though. Okay, that makes more sense for what I'm about to say, <laughs> though, because I think although they are losing to Forrest Buckner on the defensive side of the ball, they do still have a you know pretty scary defensive line in the 49ers, and that opens up that 13th round pick for possibly Oklahoma wide receiver C.D. Lamb to be picked, and that could really you know, I mean besides George Kittle. There aren't really many big name wide receivers on the 49ers, and adding CD Lamb could be huge for them. Debo Samuel. Okay, but Debo Samuel's a rookie, and I wouldn't consider him a huge name. I mean, Debo Samuel's good, don't get me wrong, but CD Lamb is, he's, you know, special. I think we've all watched him in college. He's a, one of the shiftiest wide receivers we've seen in a while. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to leave the Niners um, as a free agent, so you lose that. And I mean, there is a case to be made for them building up um, wide receiver depth, because after Debo Samuel, if Emmanuel Sanders is gone, you're left with Dante Pettis and, um, why can't I think of his name? Shoot. Exactly. No, I, I know exactly what I'm thinking of. He was an Olympic long jumper, maybe? Why? Oh, what was his name? Give me a second. Who am I thinking of? Marquise Goodwin. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's pretty good. He's a speedster, you know. I'm just saying, you got a lot of speed guys at wide receiver, but there's not a whole lot of depth there. Yeah. It's almost like the Legion of Zoom, but not as good. The Legion of Zoom? Was that the Eagles running back core that sucked? No, it's the the Chiefs wide receiving core. I've never heard it called that. The Rock Rock called him that during the Super Bowl intro. I've literally never heard him called that, but I have heard that. All right, after I this podcast is over, I'm going to send you the clip of the le- of the Rock calling them the Legion of Zoom. I'm seeing it now, but I've never heard that. It happened one time, and he's not making a nickname. However, if you go back a couple of years ago to when the Eagles had Darren Sproles, DeMarco, DeMarco Murray, and some other running back, they were actually referred to as the Legion of Zoom. Except they weren't good, because yeah, they Marco Murray was old at that point, and Darren Sproles is, well, Darren Sproles and has a propensity for getting injured. Yes. Well, I guess we can talk about one of the biggest remaining free agents out there in Jadavion Clowney, who is still yet to find a uh, team. So, where would you where do you guys think he's going to go? I mean, I don't necessarily see this happening, but I would totally love to see this is if he went to the Raiders because that D-line would actually give me nightmares. Like, I mean, you're looking at, you're talking about 
I mean, they, they already just got Malik Collins. You've got Corey Littleton now, who's a, a linebacker that can also rush. You've got Max Crosby, Carl Nassib now. And if you add Jadevian Clowney to that, I mean, you're talking about what the Niners had last year, but on steroids. But the problem would be if you add Jadevian Clowney, how, how would that work with the salary cap? Do they have enough room to, you know, pay him and have that flexibility for some guy who would want an extension? Yeah, there is that concern. But I'm saying if they were able to make that happen, that would be scary. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, though. That would definitely be something that I would not want to be a quarterback facing. Yeah, well, I mean, who are some of the other top free agents still available right now? I mean, I mentioned Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman just cut. I mean, my thing with Devontae Freeman is that I... He he was injured a couple years ago, and now he hasn't done a whole lot since. So I I don't think he's the same Devontae Freeman that we saw in 2015. Yeah. um, I guess 2016. Um, against the pass in the Super Bowl, or even in that season leading up to it. So, I don't know if he's really going to be that big of a factor. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I mean, and since you brought up Devontae Froome being cut, um, another one of the guys that got cut from the Falcons was Desmond Trufant, who then, interestingly enough, got signed by the Lions... Yeah. Um, which, I don't know, the the way that that looks right now is that they took Desmond Trufant over Darius Slay. And, I don't know, I, I would have liked to have seen Desmond Trufant and Darius Slay together. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, if you don't have the money to pay a high-profile player like Darius Slay, I mean... Desmond Trufant will get the job done, but he's not the same kind of lockdown corner as Darius Slay is. So, Well, I think the thing was, I don't think Darius Slay wanted to be in Detroit just because. I mean, at the same time, that wasn't really the impression that I got. I more so saw it as, um, I mean, we were talking about it, or at least the Lions were talking about it, like midway through last season, potentially um, trying to shop Darius Slay. And then he was just kind of of the position that, hey, what happens, happens. So I don't see that as him necessarily wanting out. I see it more so the management wanting him out. Yeah. Is there any more, like, big free agency things that we got? Um, well, let me look. I mean, obviously, there's a lot that we haven't hit on, but are there any, like, ones that are, you know, notable to mention that are kind of, like, huge ones that we should talk about? I mean, I guess Amari Cooper, maybe. Yeah, but he just re-signed, I mean. Gerald McCoy? He's, like, 30-something. Um... We got Stefan Diggs. We got... 
I I do just want to correct what I said earlier. Chase Daniel did not re-sign with the Bears. He's now with the Lions as a backup to Matt Stafford. Just wanted to correct that. <laughs> not like it matters, but I wanted to make sure we were keeping it 100 here. Um, I mean, let's see. I mean, I'm looking through the list that we have. I don't see any guys that are like, you know, huge movers. I mean, besides AJ Bouye, but I think you guys covered that in the last episode as that happened right around the time of it. Right. Um, I will say, um, kind of in the same vein as the Dolphins, I do like some of the, the decisions that um, the Bengals and the Giants have made. Um, I mean, the Giants picked up James Bradbury from the Panthers. Blake Martinez uh, from the Packers, as well as Kyler Fackrell from the Packers. Um, so, I mean, they're definitely bolstering that um, their defense there. And I mean, the Bengals definitely getting help in the secondary with both Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander, as well as bringing in uh, Texans deep tackle DJ Reader. Um, you put him up front with. Um, why can't I think of his name Gino now? Atkins. Yes, thank you. Um, I, I think that'll definitely be a, a better Bengals defense than what we're used to. Yeah, well, I mean, still the Bengals, so. Yeah, they got to figure out their quarterback situation. I mean, obviously, with number one, I'd be Joe Burrow, but. Then what do you do with Andy Dalton? I mean, Andy Dalton will probably. If I don't see anyone trying to trade for him, um, so he might slide to a QB two, and be one of those guys that um, one of those veterans who can like help coach someone like Joe Burrow. Um, and I mean, Andy Dalton hasn't been the most prolific quarterback. But he's definitely um, he's definitely a lot better than people think he is, um, and he has had flashes of good seasons. So I don't know. I see him taking more of that mentor role potentially. Yeah. Well, and I think like one of the last topics I want to talk about is we we briefed on it earlier when we talked about Teddy Bridgewater, but the the Cam Newton trade. Where do you see him ending up? I mean, the Patriots have an opening right now. Oh, I mean, no, they do. People, I'm trying to think of people that have openings, and the one that comes to mind is really the Patriots. I mean... The Chargers. The Chargers yeah. yeah, unless the Chargers don't want to stick with Tyrone Taylor, they might have an opening. I mean, I think you'd have to... I think they'll, they might wait till after the draft just to see who drafts quarterbacks. I feel like there are some teams that are up there high in draft that are like, you know, set on taking a quarterback. So like we said with the Bengals, we said that they have a need for a quarterback, but they're obviously gonna take Joe Burrow number one overall. So like I think they probably would wait to trade Cam Newton until after the draft. Yeah. Well, I mean another interesting one is depending on what the Dolphins do in the draft, if they don't draft a quarterback, maybe Cam Newton goes there somehow, I don't know. I don't know. I, I still like Ryan Fitzpatrick staying with the Dolphins. I mean, he's one of those guys 
he's one of the older quarterbacks in the league, but he plays with the confidence and um, just generally plays like some of the younger guys in the league. So, I don't know. I really I like what he did last year with the Finns, and I feel like if he does that again with a better supporting cast around him, I don't know. We could see a better Dolphins team here. I agree with that. Mm, yeah. I, my thing with Cam Newton, I feel like, I don't know, he's one of the more polarizing guys in the league. Um, and the way I kind of see it, I honestly, I, he reminds me of what happened to Antonio Brown. And I honestly, I kind of have a feeling that he, if he can't get any, like, if the, the Chargers decide to stick with Tyrod Taylor and um, if the Pats either get someone in the draft or they go Garrett Stidham, um, and if the Bengals uh, decide to take Joe Burrow and Cam Newton doesn't have anywhere to go, I don't know. I think he might just kind of lapse out of the league. Um, the same way Antonio Brown did, because I feel like he's he's kind of burnt a lot of bridges in his career um, and hasn't left the best impression with a whole lot of people. Yeah. And at least a little bit of a ego kind of guy, you know, like AB was. I mean, he's got a pretty big ego, especially, you know. And I think... If you want to look to it, I mean, people might not realize this because, you know, it's Cam Newton and they don't, they didn't pay attention to him until that, you know, that huge season where they lost to the Broncos in the Super Bowl, but Cam Newton did get kicked off his college football team. So there is a little bit of that, you know, bad guy mentality that we saw from Antonio Brown that could be carrying over to Cam Newton right now. Right. Well, I think that we, we covered the uh, the biggest topics. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot more si- signings that are not as well-known, and maybe in another episode we'll get into the nitty-gritty of that, but we kind of just wanted to cover the um, more bigger signings slash trades, so. Yeah. Well, and I mean, um, that's pretty much all we really have um, for today, and we're really not sure... Um, when we're going to get another podcast out, um, I mean, we might try and do some, uh, some more what if scenarios and opinion based um, topics and stuff like that. Right. Like we um, might, we might, we might next week or in a week, couple of weeks, we might dive in and create like our own March Madness bracket and go through and see who we like and stuff. We can maybe do that. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. I think, I think, uh, this is a little bit of a spin-off from the podcast, but, you know, I'm, I personally thought of this idea as just a way to broaden our uh, our spectrum. Me and my brothers are working on a video that will be coming out kind of soon, uh, post-approval from the other boys, you know, that you guys might get to see at some point, you know. So just an idea. We're, you know, just in the starting stages of, looking at it, but it would not be a podcast. It's a, you know, just a different kind of thing. 
Yeah, well, we might, well, as the weather gets nicer, we might start doing more stuff besides podcasts. Yeah. Sports related, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's, this is going to be a sports channel, but maybe we'll do, like, some more, I don't know, funny stuff or, I don't know, like, skits or, like, and we'll still do podcasts, too, but we're, we might try to broaden what we do here and not just be about the podcast. Yeah. Our point being, though, is that um, we're going to try and get stuff out to you guys. Um, unfortunately, it's going to be harder with all the sports leagues shut down and however long coronavirus takes. Um, but once it's run its course, um, we will get back more regularly on our channel posting stuff. Um, if this is your first time listening to us, Please hit that um, that like button and subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, FFM Sports uh, Network, and uh, we also have an Instagram page of the same name. So feel free to head on over there. Well, the Instagram. We, when was the last time we posted on it's that? It's been Instagram. a while since we posted, but uh, you know what? We can try and we'll try and start posting on that again. It kind of got postponed with my surgery because I was the main one running that, but. You know, yeah. we'll get back on that grind whenever sports come back up. Yeah. And, I mean, really the whole thing is kind of in limbo right now. Um, so we will, I guess, see you guys when we see you guys. Um, feel free to check out some of our other videos um, from past um, sports events. Uh, and you can relive the, uh, the glory days of Double FM Sports. Uh, <laughs> So, until next time, I'm Todd File. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm J.R. Mizrak. And we'll see you when we see you. Take care, guys.